It is officially game week. I'm Ryan Sylvia. This is Noah Taylor. We are with VolReport.com on the Rivals Network, and we made it. We are just at the time of the posting of this video, five days away from the Vols taking on Virginia to kick off the 2023 season. It feels like we haven't had football in forever, of course. Vanderbilt got SEC play started on Saturday, and a handful of other games got going, but it's finally football time in Tennessee, so we wanted to hop on to the Vol Report show. Thank you for listening, whether it's on YouTube or over on Spotify or Apple, and talk about kind of our expectations for this opening game of the year against Virginia, of course, being played in Nashville in Nissan Stadium, home of the Titans. So let's jump right into this. The first question I have for you, Noah, is what is one thing that you've kind of been sitting around all offseason waiting to see finally unfold on the field in this first game? I'm going to go with the the improvement of this defense. You know, we, we've talked about it post-practice, you know, at, at press conferences about the depth. And the coaches have talked a lot about the depth that this team has built. They return pretty much everybody back. It's going to be interesting to see. Now, I think it's a really good start for this Tennessee team to, to go up against a Virginia offense that doesn't exactly light up the scoreboard. You know, they, they're bringing in a new quarterback that was playing FCS last year and Tony Musket. So it, it, I don't expect it to be a huge challenge for them as far as their, their the other teams on their schedule, but it's a, it's a live team and we haven't got to see them go up against a live team since the Clemson game. So that I've been very eager to see how they handle that, how some of these guys that are, you know, like a Warren Burrell, who was injured all last season, pretty much all last season, he's back. How's he going to do now that he's healthy? Uh, guys like that, some of the younger guys, some of your transfers like Keenan Peely at the linebacker position, and then a guy like Roman Harrison, who's kind of taken up, you know, Byron Young's mantle, and then Tyler Barron, you know, who, who they expect big things out of this year. Uh, so I'm really excited to see how that defense does in, in a live game against a real opponent. I know they've got to be eager to do that after, you know, the last four weeks of going up against uh, their own offense. They're going to need some defensive improvement and for them to kind of take that next step yeah. for them to, to see success this year. Another area that I've been looking at, it's kind of basic, kind of what everyone's waiting for, but they also need Joe Milton to take that next step yeah. and to show some improvement from even when he was in the Orange Bowl. Of course, he had a phenomenal game in the Orange Bowl. He played really well, but they need him to take that next step to being consistently that guy who's dialed in and accurate. Of course, it's been the talk of the offseason. Everyone loves the quarterback position, and it's kind of the focal point of football. But it, it is for a reason. It's the most important position on the field. And I'm, I'm very curious to see how Joe Milton gets the season started because I think it could make a difference going forward. If you get out on the right foot, maybe you can start some momentum building. Then you keep it going into the swamp against Florida. And next thing you know, you've put together a really solid first half of the season that you can build off of. Or do you kind of get off on the wrong foot, miss on some throws you think you should have made, make some wrong decisions, and then that could snowball in the reverse way. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what Joe Milton does. I, I think everyone around the program has really high expectations for him, and they know they can reach them. And from everything we've seen as media, he looks like he's that guy that's going to be dialed in and, and play really well. But like you said, it'll be their first time playing an actual team and seeing those live bullets since or, uh, the Orange Bowl. It'll be interesting to see how Joe Milton has progressed since then. Another question I have is, who do you think is going to be your MVP of the game? Of course, could be a game dominated by the offense, could be a game dominated by the defense. I'm curious to, uh, to hear who you think is going to kind of be the guy that 
maybe doesn't put Tennessee over the top because it should be pretty lopsided, but the guy that stands out above everyone else. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of hard to, to not go with an offensive guy when you're talking Josh Heifel's Tennessee football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I expect them to, to, to come out. Maybe you have some of your typical, you know, game one kind of mistakes or, or kind of slow out of the gate, maybe. Okay, the, you can't really associate slow with this team. So I, I, I really – I think Jalen Wright. I, I've been really impressed with, with kind of what we've heard about him, the little bit we've seen out of him. You know, I, I know that's a, a been a neck-and-neck neck kind of running back room between him and Jabari Small. But I think, I think he's got the big playability, the explosive ability – we heard about it, you know, get, we didn't get to see those scrimmages, but Josh Heupel is very complimentary of his ability to break big runs in the three scrimmages they had during uh, fall camp. So he's a guy I think is in for a really, really big game. Now you could go receivers and there's a, there's a ton of them you could choose from right now that I think a lot of people are really excited to see Squirrel White in year two, Dante Thornton, how Ramel Keaton does with a bigger role, how Brew McCoy does with a bigger role now that Jalen and Cedric are gone. But I'm going to go with that backfield, and I think Jalen Wright has ability to have a really, really good game and, and kind of start off a really good campaign in Nashville. Yeah, I'll, I'll take his running back partner in, in the backfield in Jabari Small for pretty much the same reasons. You, you, we've heard great stuff about him all offseason. It'll be interesting to see who ends that game with more snaps and and with more carries and, and – uh, how the yardage splits kind of end up working out, but I'll, I'll take Jabari. I, I think he's in line to probably be the starter. Uh, you put that in quotes because there's not really just that one guy at running back for Tennessee, but I think you could realistically take any of the big three running backs and make a case for them, including Dylan Sampson, because I expect Tennessee to go out to an early lead. I expect them to build upon that going into halftime and by the end of this game, it should be a situation where they're going to throw the ball still if they're up, I think, because they're going to want to try to get some reps in here and there. But I think it'll be a game dominated on the ground because of what the score looks like. So I'll take any of those three running backs. But if I have to pick one, I'll go with Jabari Small in week one. I think that there's a good chance he sees the most carries and is probably the first back on the field. So for those reasons, I'll pick Jabari Small. But both of us, Going with the running back, expecting it to be a, a bit of a run-heavy game here to open the season up. You can't run the football, though, without a good offensive line. And, of course, there's been a lot of questions on that front. Cooper Mays still hasn't had that confirmation he'll be there, but also there hasn't been a confirmation he won't be there. So we kind of have to wait and see with him when he exactly he'll be available for Tennessee. But, no, I wanted to ask you, your level of confidence – with Cooper Mays available and without him available, because as early as tomorrow could, could be a little bit of a hint into that as we get these depth charts released. So in the result that he is available, kind of what does that do for this offensive line in your head? Yeah, I think that, that obviously that they can play up to their full potential when, when he's healthy and, you know, it, it, we've talked a lot about this schedule, the way it kind of shakes out early on, it, it kind of works out in a way that if he's not, you can really afford to not play him the first two weeks if you think you can get him back to full health by that game at Florida in week three, which is huge. But I think anytime he's going to be in there, this offense has a has the ability to be really, really good. I don't know if they're putting up last year's numbers, but they have the ability to be really, really good. We talked about that run game. I think if that if you're if he's up there leading that offensive line, then that then obviously I think that the run game has the ability to be you know, exactly what we what we just said they could be. But um, when, when he's not there, you know, some of the things we've heard, I, I just don't 
I don't feel as confident with that. You know, I, I feel like they're a little bit uncomfortable with having to move guys to certain positions, maybe to, to fill in for Cooper when that guy may be better at guard or better at tackle. You know, and I, I think just based on the coaching staff and what they've said, I kind of get the vibe that they're the same way. They feel really, really good if Cooper is going to be in there. If not, you know, you got two weeks to figure that out, if, if which is a good thing for Tennessee. But, yeah, I'm going to say that if Cooper's in there, it's, there's a lot of confidence in what this offense can do. If he's not, we'll, we'll learn the next two weeks about a little bit what that looks like. Yeah, there's a reason Cooper is kind of considered an all-SEC caliber center. He's fantastic at what he does, and when he's gone, it, it is a big hole to fill. From what we have heard, it seems like it'll probably be Ollie Lane at center in, in the absence of Cooper Mays. But we've also seen in, in practice and, and heard that they kind of want Ollie to be that starting guard opposite of Javante Spragan. So then it's not just as simple as plugging one hole in center and then you're done. Now you have to fill that other hole that just opened up when you move Ollie over from guard to center. Who that's going to be is still a question mark, though, assuming that Cooper is not able to go week one. Like I said, we don't know for sure yet. Maybe at the time you're listening to this, there's there's more confirmation, but it'll be interesting to see what they do at that guard spot, assuming it is Ollie Lane that goes over. Do they go with an experienced Parker Ball with a younger but still somewhat experienced Addison Nichols, two guys that are probably more suited to play center but can also play guard, of course? Do they go – and try to move a tackle in, in, in a guy like Gerald Mincy, who's known to be a tackle, is probably better at the tackle position. Do they try to stretch him over to guard and, and be versatile? I think that's a little bit risky if he's not used to playing in that guard position. Or, or even a guy like Dane Davis, who they kind of like as that versatile lineman who, who they think can kind of play all the positions on the offensive line. Another experienced guy, do they try to move him, him into guard, who's probably more traditionally a tackle as well? It'll be really interesting to see also, uh, Andre Karik, the Texas transfer, do they feel like he's ready at this point in his career? Those questions should be answered pretty soon, but all of that to say, yeah, it, it, the offensive line's uh, uh, taking a step back without yeah, Cooper. Yeah. I think, like you said, they don't need him for the first two weeks. They'll be fine without him the first two weeks, but if he's not available for that Florida game, not I don't I don't think that makes Tennessee the the underdog just because he's not available, but I think it makes things a lot more uncomfortable yeah. down there in the swamp. I think, too, kind of going back to your first question, you know, I, I said the defense was was it kind of what I'm interested in seeing on Saturday. But that offensive line's right there. I mean, yeah. again, I, I think they can get by with with, a, with what they have if, if Cooper Mays is not available in that game against Austin P as well. But I think it does give you a little bit better idea of what they're going to run with. And they may, you know – they're probably going to do a lot of different things in that game if Cooper isn't ready to go. So that, that's definitely another position group that to keep an eye on on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. A lot. So the first week's always fun because <laughs> you feel like you have to get a gauge for, for all the position groups. And then it's like by the end of the year, you look back at what you saw in that first game and just kind of see how much they've progressed. But offensive line definitely towards the top of the list for most interesting things to look out for. I want to jump into a true or false segment, though. I'm going to ask a couple true or false questions. And you're just going to weigh in and give us what you think that that's going to happen in this opening game. So the first question is, Tennessee is currently favored by 28 points <laughs> over Virginia on Saturday. Do you think Tennessee covers that? Do you think they win by 29 or more? Do you think it's exactly 28 and it gets pushed? Or do you think that this game's a little bit closer than Vegas thinks? Oh, man. Um, it's... 
it's it's wild because for I know Virginia's got its issues, but for a Power Five opener yeah. to be favored by that much, uh, but I I'm gonna go with yes the over. I'm gonna take the over on that, and it I think it's because I you know it's Virginia's it's you know the state of that program. It, it yeah. it's it's rough right now, and it's a team that it's been through a lot as well. Um, but I think. You know they're breaking in a new quarterback. They've had had a ton of guys transfer. It's definitely going to be a very, you know, fresh start for those guys. You know, kind of throwing some pieces out there that don't haven't played with each other a lot. And I think Tennessee is going to take advantage of that. And I think Josh Heupel. We talked about what he's going to, you know, the offensive line, what the running backs, the receivers. He's going to want to to do all kinds of things out there with them in that first game to get a better idea. And I think that includes throwing the ball around you know, setting up big plays and, and scoring a lot of points. And, you know, I, I do think this Tennessee team under Josh Heupel likes the style points. And uh, this is this is a good time to do it. And, it, you know, it's Virginia, but it's a power five game. And that always looks good on your on your uh, resume. So I'm going to take uh, some fireworks in uh, that first game. So I'm going to go with the over. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Tennessee covering that spread as well. I, I think it it, it says a lot about where Tennessee is that they're favored by 28 points over power five team. But it, it does also say a lot about where Virginia is that they're kind of, their expectations are that low. I, I don't think that Virginia can hang with Tennessee's offense. I think Tennessee's going to kind of do whatever they want to do with Virginia on the, on the offensive end. And I think Tennessee's defense is prepared enough to stop Virginia as well. So I think that this game gets more lopsided than 28 which is such a big number uh, like we said it, that's a huge number but I, I do think Tennessee covers that I think that they take an early lead and then they keep their foot on the gas not necessarily for style points but I think you just kind of want to get prepared for the season you want to get kind of as many reps in as you can whether that is with your first string guys or also when you go two or three deep I think that getting valuable experience this early in the season could be huge, especially like a quarterback, a guy like Nico getting him yeah. his college reps could be a big deal. And then also wide receivers like Caleb Webb, Chaz Nimrod, Nathan Leacock running backs like Cam Selden. You can go down the list on both sides of the ball. Young guys. I think it'll be big for them too to finally kind of get their feet wet in college action, especially against a team that isn't Austin P or UT Martin or something like that, but yeah. an actual power five team that, that you do have to give some respect to. I think that'll be a big deal for them. But our next true or false question is sticking with the offensive side of things. We both said we expect some fireworks. True or false, Tennessee hits 50 in this game against Virginia. Big number. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with true. I mean, I, 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 we've seen them do it so much. Um, the last few years. Now they, they've had, you know, you go to that 2021 opener, it was Bowling Green and it was a little bit slow out of the gate. Um, I'm trying to remember last year's opener, you know, but I, I think 50 uh, is, State. yeah, Ball State. So I do think 50, even though it is against a power five team, I, and I, I do think 50 is a, is a pretty safe bet that, that they can certainly reach it. Now, I guess the question is, will they, but yeah. I, I do think they can reach that number. I think they'll exceed that number. But again, like that, like that point spread. That's it's a lot of points, so it's hard to do. But if anybody can do it in week one, it'll, it'll be Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're gonna fall a little shy of fifty. I don't think they'll put that that fifty burger up in week one, but I think they'll get pretty close. I'll, I'll take over forty. I, I think it'll be a 42, 45, 49 type of score yeah. for Tennessee. Like I said, I just really don't think Virginia's defense can keep up with Tennessee. 
it just really depends on what that second and third unit looks like. So I really do fully expect uh, some reserves to get playtime. Uh, maybe this will look horrible when we look back at this segment after the game and it's a 35 to 28 win and it's <laughs> down to the wire and Tennessee's <laughs> holding their breath. But as of right now, I just don't see it going that way. I'll take less than 50. I'm, I'm not that confident just yet in Tennessee's offense against Virginia in week one. But I think that it's certainly a team that could get somewhat close to that mark, if not exceeding it as well. And keeping it with the offensive side of the ball, let's go to Joe Milton. We've talked about him a little bit so far. A lot of questions around him going into the season. So I'm curious, do you think he hits the 300-yard mark or does he fall short through the air? Um, man, this may be a little contradictory because I've said they're going <laughs> to cover 28. They're going to put up 50. Um, but I do not think he hits that mark and it's because of the run game. And I think it's because of being up comfortably at a certain point to where, like you said, you're going to see a lot of those freshman guys get a chance in there. Um, whether it's Nico in this, you know, later in the second half or those freshman running backs, those freshman receivers. And I think that's going to, that's going to give some yards to somebody else. And I do think that the, the run game is really going to take off, you know, in the second half, they're really going to stick with that and maybe get those guys, get a better idea of what that can bring. Cause everybody's going to expect, you know, a lot of passing yards throughout the year, but I think that's a good game to, to give those guys uh, some reps in there. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with less than 300 for Joe Milton be, because of that. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the under as well. I, Orange bowl plays the whole game, much better team finishes around 250 in that. Yeah. I think that he sits at a, probably a little over 200 at the end of this one by the time that his day is done. I agree. I think they're going to try to focus on running the ball a little bit more. But I do expect him to hit on some big plays down the field and, and kind of in the blink of an eye, there's plus 60 to a stat line type of deal. I don't think it's going to be enough to hit 300. It's a, it's a really high number that I set. But I'll, I'll take him to probably finish around 215 realistically at the end of this one, which I think uh, should be something that – fans and, and the coaching staff and the team and everyone is happy about as long as he also protects the football, of course, alongside with that. But if he can kind of push 200, throw for a couple touchdowns and take care of the football, I think that would be a, a great opener for Joe Milton. Let's move on to our next true or false question. Sticking with Joe Milton, will he play a single snap with under six minutes to go in the contest on Saturday? No, I'm not. I, I don't think he will. It, it, again, it goes back to what we said earlier. I, I think that's going to be, um, I think that fourth quarter is, is going to give us a chance. And fans too, who've, who've been really excited to see this class, you know, get to work and, um, you know, in preserving red shirts and things like that, you only get so many opportunities. And, and like you mentioned a minute ago, against a power five team, you've got the opportunity to get in, get guys in a, in a game like that. Um, I, I think that'll be a fourth quarter that, that we get to see a lot of, of new faces, you know, play. And, and so I, I don't think he'll be in at that point. And I think that's good for Tennessee that he's not. I think if he is in there, maybe you got a, a few questions about the offense. Uh, if, if they're feeling like they really need to turn to him kind of at that stage in the game. But I, I do think at that six minute mark, you'll, you'll be seeing some other guys in there. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the the false as well and say that he won't be in the game with that little time left. Once again, we're, we're setting ourselves up to be played in the Virginia locker before the <laughs> yeah. game as motivation and, and blasted after the game if it's a close one, but I just don't see it playing that way. And it just wouldn't make sense to leave that star quarterback in the game health reasons. I know they're, they're probably going to play him 
more than you'd necessarily need to yeah. just to get him ready to go. But at that point in the game, I think that's when you hand the keys over to Nico and see what he can do to begin his college career, which, like you said, I think would be really exciting for a lot of people to finally uh, be able to see that in action uh, in a game that counts, not just the orange and white game or, or something like that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take the false on that one as well. Both expecting a, a pretty big blowout, but we'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. Let's switch to the defensive side of the ball, though. The final true or false question of the show, will the defense, or I'll phrase like this, true or false, the defense creates two or more turnovers throughout the game? Yeah, I'm going to go true. I think that they do. Um, again, we go back to Musket. It's it's new for him. You know, it's, it's gosh, a guy that was playing FCS football a year ago and, and you know, his first start at this level. And, and a Tennessee defense that's been – you know, has played a lot of football to this point. And I, I think even last year you saw that. You, you go to like the Kentucky game is a good example. You know, that they they had a knack for creating turnovers in a lot of games last year. And I, I think with the experience you got there, I think with with Virginia's inexperience and, and them trying to figure some things out in a, in a, you know, essentially on the road for them, I think that's going to help create those opportunities for Tennessee uh, defensively. So, yeah, I, I like them to get two, two or more uh, – turnovers in the game the the biggest thing we've heard from the defense this offseason is that they want to create more turnovers yeah. that that's been a focus for them you've heard it from guys like tim banks willie martinez where it's like they, they want to get that ball back for their offense that's been a big focus they didn't do a bad job of it last year but they kind of want to take that next step in making those big plays going up creating interceptions stripping ball care or ball carriers and, and turning the ball over so I'll, I'll take two exactly. I'll yeah. say that. I don't think we get to a three mark. I don't think that's something that that's seen. But I'll take two, whether it's one fumble, one interception. I, I think that they can create problems for Tony Musket, though, as you said, just hasn't probably played at this level against a team like Tennessee, who likes to get really aggressive on the defensive side of the ball, too. So he, he's going to have to deal with pressure. I think they can force him into some some tough decisions, some tough throws that Tennessee can maybe jump a route or two and, and give their offense good field position. So I'll take that as well. Seems like we're on the same page for this game. We, we had a couple differing answers there in that true or false segment, but for the most part, it seems like we expect a similar outcome in Tennessee's opening game against Virginia. One that sees the Vols as heavy, heavy sided winners. One that's not very close. We'll see what happens on Saturday. Make sure you guys come back on Thursday though as we will be talking with Brad Franklin of CavsCorner.com on the Rivals Network. He knows everything there is to know about Virginia football, so we'll be picking his mind about what Tennessee should expect from the Cavaliers. And maybe maybe that'll be a, a good insight into exactly what Tony Musket's going to look like and exactly what to expect from that, from that team uh, on that side of this matchup. So make sure you head back to the YouTube channel or to Spotify or Apple to get all the information on Virginia but that'll be it for this show today. Head over to VolReport.com for all of our written content. Of course, it's game week, so we're ramping everything up. It'll be a lot of fun, a lot of great stuff on the way. And subscribe to the YouTube channel right here. We're posting press conferences. We're posting stand-ups, discussing what was heard at the press conferences and everything else a Tennessee fan needs to know. But make sure you hit subscribe, and thank you guys for watching.